Hi, and welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Brian Maddox. With me today is the Senior Director of Marketing, Jackie Bruch from Emporos. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you. So happy to be here. So um, if you could give our listeners just a little bit about uh, kind of where you come from and how you got into the role you're in, uh, that'll help us get our conversation moving. Yeah. So I would say I I went to college for a degree in professional writing. Um Although I always knew I didn't want to just sit in a corner and write, I'm way too outgoing for that. So marketing was a natural kind of way for me to, you know, do some writing and editing, but also get involved on some multimedia projects and PR and that kind of thing. Um, But because of my writing background, content marketing was kind of just becoming a thing once I graduated. And so I went down the path of content marketing, which if anybody knows anything about content marketing, you know that it's sort of like digital marketing, right? It's like lots of things start in the content marketing world and then they they move out from there, right? So you create an ebook and then what do you do with it? And then you create a webinar, what do you do with it? All of those things content stems from. Um, so, you know, I, I also wanted to pair that passion with um, healthcare and um, clinical research. So a lot of my former companies fall into that category. Um, mostly on the technology side. So creating technology for healthcare companies, which as we know, banking and healthcare are usually um, laggards in the space of technology because it's such a highly regulated space. Um, And so the work that I've done has been really rewarding in terms of um, modernizing a lot of different uh, spaces within healthcare, pharmacy, clinical research, um, even things like, you know, getting record medical records from paper to being electronic. Um, and so I would say that's how I got here as a whole, but really just combining those three, three things, writing, marketing, um, and then the love of the healthcare space. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the, the uh, market that you're trying to fill with the company you're working with now. What does that look like? What makes it particularly hard to market? Um, just give us a little bit of context. Yeah. So one of the love hate things about healthcare is that it's very complex. There's lots of different um, pieces and functions inside Mm. the healthcare space. And so at Emperos, we are a pharmacy commerce system, uh, which includes things like point of sale. Um, So everything that goes into the process of checking out at the pharmacy, specifically in hospitals. So, you know, you do a stay at the hospital, you leave with medications. We want to make sure you're leaving with actually leaving with those medications and you're not leaving without them and then only to end up in the hospital again a month later. Mm-hmm. Um, and making that checkout process easy for not only you as a patient, but the pharmacy that's taking care of you at that hospital. Um, and so, you know, for us, it's, it's challenging because, um, again, the, the space is used to being um, ha- having a lot of manual effort that they have to put out to ensure that those patients go home with their medications. Um, and so we're trying to help them make it easier for them so that all they have to do is, you know, pull up a tablet, pull up, pull out their, you know, their point of sale software and make it very easy for you to check out in that experience. So things like um, delivering your medication directly to your bed before you leave, and making that process super easy. So I don't have to lug in a whole cart and find you in the system and then go get the medications and bring them back. Um, you know, simplifying that process to make it easy for everybody, um, which is is challenging just because it's every organization is slightly different in what they do. Um, some people do bedside delivery and some people don't. Um, 
and and then I would say, you know, we're about to launch a lot of really cool products, things like um, what we call lighted bags or like guided automated will call, which is essentially rather than a pharmacist having to sort through um, an alphabetical list of prescriptions, you know, they pull up your name as as uh, the patient in the point of sale, triggers the bag, lights up, you know, exactly which one to take. So trying to help these pharmacies save money, become more efficient and streamlined in their workflows and provide the best patient experience as possible. Those are some of the things that we're trying to do. So you spoke a lot about the patient experience, which I, th- I think is, you know, clearly as we are all at some point, patients of the medical system is pretty interesting, but who, you know, when it comes to the the marketing side of your conversation, who's your buyer? Um, and more importantly then what does the cycle time look like for you to kind of get to them? What's that purchasing sort of decision look like? Give us a little more insight there, because I think when we talk about some of these things that are uh, in these middleware spaces, that marketing conversation gets really complicated. And that's some juicy stuff for our listeners. Yeah. And and I think building up personas has been a big piece of um, my job, no matter what company I've been at, because what can happen is you think you know your your audience, but mm. you really have to spend time getting to know them very intimately and who they are. Um, and for us, and just like lots of companies, we have, you know, decision makers, we have influencers, um, we have different audiences, depending on the different types of pieces that we're um, offering to them. So for example, I would say our our biggest target audience is, is pharmacy directors. They're the ones that are overseeing the outpatient pharmacy, overseeing the inpatient pharmacy. We're more on the outpatient side. Um, but those pharmacy folks understand and live and breathe the challenges every day of trying to find prescriptions, trying to check out patients, making sure patients aren't waiting in a huge long line to the point where they just leave. And again, right. they leave out those medications. Um, and so I think, um, you know, I think that's one side of it. And then you also have IT, right? We talked about how um, typically the tech side is, um, lagging behind just because we're dealing with very sensitive patient information. And that is a very serious thing. So when I say lagging behind, I don't mean that offensively. I mean it as it's taken very seriously inside these organizations. Um, and so we often are connected to their IT side to make sure that our solutions are integrated, they're compliant, they're giving you the best possible um, security and all that kind of stuff. So um, those are sort of the two primary audiences that we focus on. But I would say that as a whole, yeah, we 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 also have, you know, simple use cases where it's the actual user. So things like people like pharmacy technicians, right? They may not be the pharmacist that's actually organizing drugs, but they're the ones that are helping you get your medication and checking you out. So um, I think it's important to consider the entire um, web of personas when you're marketing to folks, because um, everyone's going to have a slightly different, they're going to see a slightly different value in that solution or not. Right. And and either way is good because you want to make sure that um, if we always want to make sure we're selling, somebody who's going to use our product, it's going to see the value out of it. Um, and so we focus on finding those folks. And, and from a marketing perspective, it's I've learned a lot in this role. Some companies depend very heavily on events and networking. Other companies, it's very digital marketing focused. It's campaigns, outreach, email, marketing, that kind of thing. We do a little bit of everything. Um, but I would say what has surprised me is, you know, being in person at these events is really where you get some of that um, that connection. Um, 
But then that also then leads us down the road of, okay, we've had that face-to-face connection. Now we can move it to digital. And once we go home from that event, we have a relationship to build with them um, from a from an email perspective or a content perspective. Right. Um, so it really spans the gamut. So what's been, uh, I think I'm hearing, but I want to, I want to just make sure I'm not crazy. Um, the, that the most effective thing for you to get in front of pharmacy directors has been face-to-face networking. I mean, for us, I've, I've seen the most success that way because yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was just, I was just trying to get yeah. clarity, right? Yeah. They, they, they know who we are. They've heard of us. Um, or if they haven't, it's a good way to connect with them that way. Um, but I would say as a marketer, I'd be kidding myself if I didn't say that there's lots of new things like podcasts like this, like videos right. like this, that are really the way that things are are headed in terms of successful marketing. And so I think it's just a matter of seeing the value of not putting all your eggs in one basket and being able to kind of spread it across because uh, every person, you know, looks at things from a different lens. Some people like to read a 20 page ebook. Some people right. want to watch a three minute video and move on, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Some people want to watch their 30 second TikTok and then call themselves experts out on the net, right? Um, so there's there's lots of crazy. But I think it's really cool that um that you've got a sense for where you're meeting these folks. What um what is your typical sales uh cycle time? Like how long does that take from maybe initial contact all the way through to a signed deal for you guys? It really depends, but it could literally be anywhere between six to nine months, I would say on average. Um, and that's really because, like I said, with the IT folks, there's a lot that has to go into that to ensure that we're up to snuff meeting the standards, that they're doing a security review of um, what we're offering, what we're bringing to the table for them. So those things can take some time just because there are complexities, there are regulations right. that we have to you know, come to an agreement on and, and, and it takes some time to figure those things out. And also if our clients our prospective clients are moving off of one software onto ours. That obviously takes time to migrate. And, and so some of the pain our customers feel is, you know, they they want to move faster, but they can't because just of the nature of how long it takes them to transition from one vendor to another. Um, often it's obviously because we can offer them more than what their current vendor is offering them. Um, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't take time. So that migration cost does have an impact then on your average lifetime value of a customer, right? Particularly given that migrating into your organization or to your service might be uh, uh, pricey and time consuming. Migrating out is probably equally so, right? So that means that you've got a much longer um, sort of client lifetime value. Is that is that a fair statement? I would say, yeah. I would say once they're in the door, um, that lifetime value of that client is as long as you know, we're giving them the best and 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 most innovative technologies. That's where they start to see the value. And I think Ambrose is so focused on modernizing the the everyday pharmacy that um, we put so much of our focus there that we're continuing to bring them that value, which is why they choose to stay. But absolutely, yes. I mean that that certainly does have an impact on our um, that the life sales life cycle does have an impact on our. Um, our, our value of getting to that customer faster and, and being able to bring them on board. So, so what's new um, in where you're headed? I mean, you've, you've got that, sounds like you've got a robust face-to-face networking program uh, already built. What's next for the marketing department? Where are you going? Yeah. So one thing we, we recently did was we moved um, business development or sales development rep underneath marketing, um, which I think is interesting. Some companies have 
BDRs, SDRs underneath sales. Some of them have them under marketing. For us as a marketing team, we're a very small organization. So the team is very small. And what we realized was we're not having trouble generating leads. We're having trouble with, okay, once we have a lead, how do we get them to a place where they're warmed up enough to pass to sales? Mm. And what we discovered was that we really needed that person that fell between marketing and sales to take that next step. So marketing brings those leads in, we pass them on to our BDR and we say, okay, now it's your job to foster that more one-to-one relationship versus the relationship that we might've had just meeting somebody at an event or you know, um, through our email marketing program and taking that a little bit further with, with the prospect and finding out what are their challenges? Um, how do they feel about their current setup? Is it working for them? Um, how much money are they spending on their program? Is it something that we can help them save money on? Can we make them more efficient? Can we provide a better ROI for them? And then once we have some of that, then we 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 get them to the place where they really do want to move to a sales conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, I would say that's the next iteration. You know, I've been a year in this position and that this for year two, my goal is to kind of take that further so that what we're producing in marketing, we can have an in-between so that we're not passing leads to sales that aren't quite ready yet, right? We want to make sure that the only thing we give to sales is it are people that are really interested in learning more um, and not just looking for some basic information that right. they're going to be passive. Um, so for us, that's our next phase for sure. I think it's great though. I mean, it sounds like you've got your top, your top, the top of your funnel kind of well sort of figured out, which is, which is excellent. And you've then moved, if I'm getting this right, you've moved sales into marketing to help with those middle of the funnel conversations until you get to the transaction point. When you help your uh, prospects go through that process, um, there's, there's gotta be a blend, right? There's some, uh, some of the material gets very uh, opinionated and some of it doesn't, right? Some of it's got to stay fairly high level and educational. How do you strike that balance? And then obviously with the teams there, how are you making sure that they're getting the right tools for their job? Yeah. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, when we are, when we're looking, so just to start, I think you, you made a really good point that's really worth double downing on, which is sales and marketing. I think this is one company where I've had a very good relationship with sales, better than before mm. in any of my previous roles. That's so important so that we're understanding, um, you know, the processes of both teams to almost to the point where, like you said, we're one team. We still are two separate teams, but there's a gray area there with that middle middle piece. Um, and so I think that um, as we continue to evolve that, you know, figuring out right. what that process looks like um, is is important so that we can ensure that those warm leads get into sales hands. I'm not sure if I fully answered your question. That's all right. It's a, it was it was a, it was a complicated one. So the how do you identify what you're going to be providing in terms of enabling your teams to help exactly. folks move through the funnel and and what sort of what does that content look like in terms of how much of it's educational versus how much of it's opinionated. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. So yeah, so I think you're right. There's definitely a thought leadership side that's focused on the the vision, right, of where we want to go as a company, where we want to see our clients go as, you know, pharmacies and, and where they're going in terms of modernizing their pharmacy. But I also think that um, 
right now what we're doing is exactly what you said, right? We're taking that top of funnel content and instead of just having an email program or just having it on our website, getting that getting that in a sales hands into the BDR's hands to use. Um, I was actually just reading an article today that was talking about this, about how um, sales doesn't always use the stuff that marketing creates for them, right? And so how do we make it so that it's enabling for sales, right? Sales enablement, this big term that we throw around, yeah. but like, are people actually using it? And so that's where I think the sales and marketing relationship comes into play, where it's like, we're creating these things. We don't want them to just live in marketing, right? They need to live um, between sales and marketing. And we're doing that now too, with like, um, you know, providing clients, things like comparison tools, um, checklists, right? Like things that can give them a, a roadmap of what they should be looking for so that they don't have to figure out, well, what questions should I be asking? Um, we kind of lay it out for them. Like, here's some of the things we've heard before. Here's an asset for you to consider on other prospects we've talked to that have found it really useful. Um, because if you're only offering them the thought leadership and vision, that doesn't help them today, right? Like, it's good to know that what's coming down the pike, but you also need to solve their challenges of today. Right. And if we're not doing that, then we're really not doing a good job. So it's, it's again, it's a 50-50 mix, I would say. Um, you know, thought leadership is always going to be around. There's always going to be, look at what's happening with AI, right? We're talking, you have people that say it's going to change the world tomorrow. And you say, you have people saying that's so far off. Like we're, we're talking about robotic cars, like yeah, that yeah. we never thought that would come to fruition. So there's a middle ground there. And I think finding out what that is and working together as a sales and marketing team to provide that thought enabling content from top of funnel all the way down to um, very specific sales enablement content. That's where we're starting to really fill in those gaps so that everybody right. from the marketing side to the all the way down to the sales side, down to like contracting and all that. It, we have everything that spans that. that yeah. Yeah, and I think it's um I think it's like one of the that that decision to then roll those things together, you know, has to help with the gap analysis. It's gotta make it a lot easier to figure out like where are we stuck, what's not working. Um, by having those in the same area and in the same space, I think you guys made a a, a real wise decision there uh in terms of then being able to better optimize the process kind of from all the way through. Uh, past the transaction point. So you really begin that relationship early. I think that's that's terrific um, and and well done, right? So um, one of the things, uh, I guess, that I, as we start to kind of get to the wrap-up period here, um, I want to know um, who can uh, who should reach out to you? How can they get a hold of you? What makes sense in terms of a conversation? Uh, I want to make sure we give you a chance to tell that story as well. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, so like I said, anybody who's in that pharmacy space, specifically inside hospitals that are working on the outpatient side. Those are the folks we want to talk to. We want to hear from you. If you're unhappy with your point of sale process, or even just in general, your commerce process, um, that's those are the folks we want to hear from. Because like I said, we've got a lot of really cool um, products that are coming out and they're going to make things a lot easier. Um, we're even talking right now about um, some later in the year kind of things around text to pay, right? Making it easy. So if you're in the hospital, a lot of times what these hospitals do, patients will walk in and they'll say, send all of your belongings at home to send them home because they don't want to be reliable for holding onto your wallet and these types of mm -hmm. things. But everybody has their phone on them. Everybody does. That's not something they send home. 
So you don't have your wallet, but you're trying to check out of the hospital and, you know, take your, your medications home, making that easier for the patient to just Apple pay, Google pay and be done mm -hmm. with it. Again, that patient experience. So I would say, you know, if, you, if this is the kind of thing that you're looking for to, you know, improve your ROI, decrease your readmission rates, um, you know, and, and overall have that value-based care model, I would say that, you know, we'd welcome, we'd love to talk to you. Um, and we're, we're hearing in the market right now, specifically, like there's a lot of um, companies that are trying to do what we're trying to do, but they're, they're, they're farther behind. Right. So there's some catch up that they have to do. And a lot of these people that are working with older solutions are getting frustrated because they're not able to use a tablet at bedside. They're not able right. to you know, factor in things like over-the-counter inventory. You go into a hospital, you want to buy a Diet Coke inside the pharmacy, and they need your patient information just to check you out. Why is that, right? It should be easier. Um, so yeah, if you'd like to talk to us, we we have a website, emperos.net. Um, also, you could very easily find us by emailing us at hello at emperos.net. Um, happy to send along those links. And uh, yeah, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help you solve some of your challenges and hopefully come out in, in a better situation than you're in today. Awesome. And in your journey to become the, the marketing expert you're, you are right now, what are the three biggest things you've picked up uh, along the way that may help somebody who's just figuring it out or in a different spot in their journey? Yeah, I would say never be afraid to ask questions. Um, the higher up the ladder you go, you think that those questions become less. They never do. There's always questions. No question is a bad question. Um, work really hard to work alongside your team. And I think specifically on the marketing side, get super embedded with your sales team, right? Because they're the ones that are talking to these prospects and leads that you're generating. And the only way for you to know if those are good leads how they're doing is to talk to sales and have those conversations and they'll, they'll help you because they want to, right? You help me help you. We all win. Um, and so I would say it sounds silly, but communication is a huge, huge thing that lots of people overlook. And I think um, by opening up those doors, you get where you want to go a lot faster. That's awesome. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I really got a lot of value out of what you were talking about. And I think uh, our listeners will profit from this as well. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck. 
whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks.